Lights, camera, action. How are you guys? What happened? Somewhere stole half of our people. Where did they all go? <laughs> it's so good to be back here, though. It's been too long. You guys excited? Yeah. Come on, you awake? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Alive? You guys sound dead? <laughs> if you love Jesus, say? Yes. Come on, if you love Jesus, say? Yes. Lana? You let Jesus say, yeah. hallelujah. <laughs> you know, God has been doing so much in my heart recently, and I just want to share everything that he's been putting in here tonight. Um, but we, I know, I know that we, I was gone last Sunday, and I don't know if they did this, but who came with me to India? If you guys are here, you want to stand up real quick? We have Alyssa, Masha, Elijah, Vlad. Oh, Vlad's here. Hi, Glad. Did you tell them that story? His name is Glad. They can't pronounce V, so they say Glad. <laughs> but I just, you guys can sit. They all went to India. If you haven't had a chance to talk to them, talk to them, get their testimonies of what God did in their life. But I just want to say that, can I move down? Is this the new thing? I just want to say that my life has been rocked. You know, I've, this isn't my first missions trip, but it definitely was different. And I just want to share something that God has been doing in my life while I was there and coming into here. But it, the way that they worship, the way that they praise is with their whole body. <laughs> I'm not, and it really made me question the way that I do church and the way that I live my Christian walk. And what I mean by that is that I feel like I've gotten so comfortable with being in this place, Co comfortable with the way that church is supposed to run. And, and I feel like there's a place in my heart that, that I may have missed it. We, and I just want to share about what God has been doing in my life. You know, Jesus isn't just some belief. He isn't some religion that we accepted and, and now doing, but Jesus in every way is a way of life. And it starts with every single day. You know, I feel like we have gotten so good at keeping Jesus in the building, keeping Jesus in the four walls of what we call church. And I've been getting so convicted of that, and I just wanna encourage you tonight that God has something so much more for you. Amen? You know, Pastor Slavic always preaches on that you were born for such a time as this. And I really want to talk to you guys today that there is a bigger and better purpose for your life than you could ever imagine. If you could just bow your heads with me real quick and put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your presence in this place. God, and I pray right now that we would be aware of who you are, aware of what you have done, aware of what you are doing. God, let us not just play church any longer, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that tonight we would hear from you and everything that you wanna do. God, whatever the motive is that we came here tonight, I pray that you would be the only motive that remains as we walk out. Holy Spirit, expand our understanding of who you are. 
break, God, every barrier, every lie of the enemy that he has placed over our thoughts. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we would walk in your freedom. Amen. I want you to think a little bit about who lives inside of you. Who is it? Jesus. Holy Spirit. Amen? Help me, Jesus. I feel like we've limited God to an experience that we have once a week or limited God to an experience that we have just at camp or a conference. But I want us to really, really think about tonight that the fullness of God is living on the inside of you. Something that I've been really thinking and pondering about is the things that I read, the things that are written in this book, how much do I actually believe it? How much do I actually take it into action? You know, the, the Bible, we quote it so good, and it says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the verse right behind it says, do the will of the Father. Do God's word and know the truth, and the truth will set me free. And I feel like we've gotten so good at being Christians that don't do the word of God. And I'm not trying to blame or make a guilt trip tonight, but I really want us to think about why we are here. Why you're sitting in this very room, why you were born. That's something that I've been questioning so much is, what is purpose? What is destiny? That's a question that's the number probably, I, I don't know this, but I'm sure it's probably one of the number one things that are Googled is, what's the point of life? What is purpose? What is, what is life all about? And I just wanna tell you tonight that you have more inside of you. God is inside of you and he has given you the ability to do greater things. We read verses like, the spirit of God is upon me. And I wanna challenge you tonight. Why is the spirit of God upon you? You know, the word says that he is upon us to do what? To lay our hands on the sick, to proclaim the good news, to set the captives free, to raise the dead. And that's something that I've been questioning so much is how come those things don't happen in my life every day? How come those things don't happen in a Christian, a Christian household every day? And I just want to encourage you to seek him more. Seek him with all your heart. You know, Jesus was on earth and he paid the final price for you. And sometimes... I overlooked that so much that Jesus paid the final price for my life, the ultimate price. You know, it's, it's so easy to begin to worship God and begin to walk in the power of God when you begin to fully meditate on what Jesus did for your life. He did it all. He, he died for us. So what? That we could be comfortable in our in our homes, in our schools, in our, in our pick our career, marry the right person, have a family, and I want us to think about it. Why are you here? Why are we going to camp? Why are we getting together every Sunday? What's tomorrow gonna look like for you? What's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday all about? Jesus did it all. He paid the greatest price. And you wanna know something more humbling? Is that when Jesus was here, he couldn't do it alone. And the question I ask myself is, why do I try to do it on my own? You know, Jesus says that 
I don't do anything unless I see and hear the Father do it first. I don't, I don't and I ask myself, this is, I'm preaching to myself tonight, why do I live life and do things every single day without involving him? How often do I read my word? How often do I stand in my prayer closet? Is it about that? No. But what does James say? He says, faith without works is what? Dead. I want, I want you to think of someone that you love. Not Alex Bear. Girls. Come on, I gotta hook up a brother up. No, but really, think about someone that you love. Jared Sula, you guys love each other, right? You know, I, I, I used this example while we were preaching in India, and I want to use it tonight. But Jared, do you know that Sula loves you? Sula, do you know that Jared loves you? Why? You don't have to answer that. And that's something that I've been asking. God loves me with all his heart. But does he know that I love him? Question answer is going to be yes, he knows how much I love him because he's God. But truly, begin to think about it. Why can we tell that someone loves us? Or how can someone tell that we love them? By the amount of time we spend with each other. The way that we talk to them. The way that we act around them. The way that we speak to them. Now take that into a relationship with God. How does God look at you? Does God know that you love him? How much time do you spend with God? These are questions that I've been asking myself and I, and I want us to, to dig deeper as a body, as a youth. I believe that there's so much more that God wants to do in your home, through your family. I know even in my life, there's people in my life, in my home, in my home that, not in my home, but in my family that don't know God, that don't walk a, a Christian lifestyle. And I believe that I have a purpose to reach those people. I have a purpose to be able to reach those people that I come in contact to with every single day. Otherwise, what is the point of life? What is the point of us being here? You know, Apostle Paul, he said, for me to die is gain. I'd rather go to heaven. And that's the position that, that I think every Christian should really deeply have in their heart is, I want to go to heaven. But you want to know something good? The moment you accept Jesus into your life as, his, as your personal savior, guess where you're going? Heaven. Good job, you reached it, you did it. Now there's something more. And one of the greatest verses that has been convicting me so, so much lately is, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do as I have said? God has called us for so much more than just coming together here and singing a couple worship songs. I want to challenge you tonight to step out of your comfort zone, to step out of that place of, of being okay with where you're at. Because we're going to live our whole life being in that place of comfort. I've been doing it for so long. Before I was an intern, I said I didn't know anything. While I was an intern, I said I was an intern. I don't, I don't have experience. Now I say, oh, I don't have enough experience. And by the time I'm going to be 50, 60 years old, I'm going to be saying, oh, I'm too old. <laughs> That's what we do. We always have an excuse of why not to do what God has called us to do. And I want you to think tonight. 
Why is it that you believe? Why is it that you have faith? What is it that God wants you to do? What is the purpose of you sitting in this very room? You're called for more. Jesus paid a price, not just so that we would come to church and not that we would just play church, but the people that you come into contact every day, you carry the words of life. You know, we were in India and they have millions of gods, millions. There's a God on every corner that you walk down the street. There's some weird guy performing some weird ritual with some egg or something on the street. And you know what it made me think? is that these people have committed themselves to something so dead and are so radical for it. What am I doing with my Christian life? It's not a live God. It's not a God that set them free. In fact, it's something that puts them in a deeper bondage. But they're ready to die for them. And you know it's illegal to preach the gospel there? Every God is accepted, but not Jesus. And I see their church, and they have thousands of people that are coming every Sunday And it makes me question, what is it that they are doing that is different? You know that their pastor makes it a requirement for them to try to bring someone new every single Sunday? What if we begin to live with those kind of requirements for ourselves? God, give me one person this week, one person that I could minister to, one person that I could invite to church, one person that I could pray for and begin to believe for them to have an encounter with you. You know, revival isn't just a service. Revival isn't just a conference. Revival is a way of life. It's a lifestyle that we begin to live. Revival happens when we begin as a body, as a youth group, as a family, seeking God with all of our heart, seeking God with all of our mind. And what does that look like? You want to know God more? You want to know You want to be used by God more? Begin to fall in love with this book. Begin to fall in love with his word. What does God say about himself? It says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So how can we read this book? How can we read this book and and not do as it says? I, I want you to hear me tonight. I want to hear myself tonight. I want to live a different life for God. You awake? You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The greatest force, the one that knows all, that loves all, that has everything, and he lives inside of us. And yet we limit him to a moment at a youth service. And that's something that's been convicting me so much. You know that the Israelites, they lived their whole life not even having the ability to come into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, they would go in as the high priest and, 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 and then he would, they would encounter God. But we get to encounter God every single day. And I ask myself, why am I limiting him? Why am I not entering his presence every single moment of my life. It's kind of like that person that does something wrong all the time and everyone is against them, but they don't know what the problem is. That's how we live our life. Like, it's you, you're the problem. It's definitely not God. There's something that you're not doing. There's something that we've missed. 
And I want you to think about your relationship with God tonight. You're going to stand before God one day, and you're going to heaven, and I will see you there. But you know, there's a a story about a man that went to heaven, and he's walking down the street, and he's seeing all of these houses, and he sees how nice they are, and they turn a corner, and there's there's this one unfinished house. And he turns to God, and, and God says, oh, here's your home. And the man says, well, why is mine not as nice as this one? Why is it not finished? And he says, well, these are all the tools that you sent. This is all that you sent us to build with. You're building a life on a rock whose name is Jesus. And the, the word says that on the day of testing, the things that you're building with, they're gonna be put to the test. Whether you built with wood or good, <laughs> good stones, precious stones, it's all gonna be put to the test. And some of us are gonna escape by, with, by being burned. That's what the word says. And it makes me question, God, what kind of lifestyle am I living? What kind of lifestyle are you living? Are you being an example? Are you being a light to, to the world? You know, there's this Bible story that's been recently catching my eye. It's the story about the, issue, the lady with the issue of blood. You all know it, right? But I want us to take a minute and to talk and to really see what's going on in this place. It's about a woman that reaches and touches Jesus. And the funny thing is, is that Jesus is in a crowd of people and he says, who touched me? And I, I read this story the, about a month ago and I began to really, really think about it. Jesus was in a crowd of people. I want you to visualize this. Every single person in that place was rubbing up against him, touching him. And the disciples even stopped and said, Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? He said, no, who touched me? I felt power leave my body. You know that every single person around Jesus most likely had some sort of need. If you read the Gospels, it says that everywhere Jesus went, they brought him the sick, the, those that needed healing, those that needed deliverances. Jesus was surrounded by those kind of people. And all of them were touching him. Here in this story, only one person gets healed. And I question why. In what way did this woman touch God? In what way am I touching God? In what way am I reaching on and grabbing it onto him? That's something that I want us to think about tonight. In what way? How are you reaching out to God? How are you grabbing onto him? He's got so much more for you. Jeremiah. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Can we seek God with all of our heart? Can we become alive and real for for him? Come on, I believe that America needs a revival. I believe that Portland, Oregon needs Jesus more than it ever has. Vancouver, Portland, Seattle, wherever it is that we live, whoever's watching. Jesus needs us. That's the reason we are on this place, on this earth. And I want us to think about it. Where are you? What are you doing? How, where are you involved? How are you involved with him? What is God doing in your life? When was the last time you had a moment of breakthrough? Was it last week on Sunday? Was it the week before? Was it a conference Two months ago? When was the last time that we had a one-on-one moment with God? 
That's something that's been bothering me so much about my Christian walk is, God, I want to know you more on an everyday basis. Even as Artem was praying. Not on, not on bread alone do we live, but on every word that comes out of his mouth. You know, back then they used to have prophets and people, men of God, that would give them what the word said. But nowadays, we ask for God's audible voice. It's right here. You want to know how good he is? Read this. You want to know how great, he, great things that he can do? Read this. You want to know what he wants to do through you? Read this. Let this become your, your way of life. Allow him to penetrate every area of your mind. If you guys want to turn to James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If we could just begin to devour what this word says, our lives would never be the same. Amen? I know that a lot of us come to youth in search of breakthrough, in search of freedom from something. But as, we were, as I was saying earlier, Spirit of God is on the inside of you. And he has equipped you to be able to overcome all things. One of my favorite verses is Titus chapter two. It says, in verse 11, it says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Whatever we can't, he can. And whatever we can, I don't want to because I want him to. I know this isn't the greatest message you probably heard, you know, and I used to be so self-centered about what came out of my mouth, but at this point, I don't care. I just want you to hear what God has for you. It's not about me, and it's not about you. It's about people that are lost and broken and are dying every day and going to hell. And I don't want my life to be lived in waste. God has so much more for you. And I can't even begin to imagine what would begin to happen if our youth, if the people in this church that call this place home begin to live a life the way that God has called us to live. What would begin to happen in this place? This building would be too small. Our new building would be too small. We're so worried about finances, so worried about what college to go to, so worried about when and how to get married, so worried about having the right work and right job. But God did not give you life for that purpose. You have so much more potential. I want you to hear me tonight. You have so much more potential. 
Begin to step into it. God doesn't create by accident. He doesn't form things and say, okay, figure it out on your own. When he creates, it says he knows you by name. He knows you every count of hair on your head. James says that he yearns for you, for the spirit inside of you. If you, if you take that definition of yearning, it says that he strongly desires. He wants you. He desires to know and spend time with you in greater measure. Press in. Seek him more. Fall in love with his word. Fall in love with his presence. It's not something that can be taught by preaching. It's an encounter that you have to have every single day. Getting up every morning, going to bed, is meditating on who he is and what he has for you. You want to live life in the greatest joy? Begin to fall in love with him in greater measure. You know, when I lived in the world, I always thought that church was boring. I thought that partying was so much more fun. But you know, when you encounter the fullness of God, nothing can fill that void. Nothing can replace him. You find yourself falling asleep at church, find yourself having prayer be the last priority in your life, then check that place of where you begin to encounter God. When was the last time you encountered God? That can be a check mark for you. Oh, I don't want to go to Tuesday night prayer. Friday night prayer doesn't seem like a priority. Life group, forget about it. I have something more fun to do. Check our priorities. What has God been doing in your life? Probably nothing, if that's the way we're thinking. But God has so much more for you. You were born for a greater purpose. You were born with a greater destiny. What is it, you may ask? Seek him, and you will find it. I can't tell you it. Pastor Slavic won't be able to tell you. Pastor Rome and Pastor Sergei will never be able to tell you what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it. No one can. That's, a, that's the place and the purpose. That's the position of God. God is the one who's going to release, release it into your life, and you're going to step into it, not just supernaturally out of nowhere, but gradually as you begin to seek him with your heart, you're going to find yourself in the exact place where God wants you. Amen? Can we stand? I want to spend some time in prayer with you. I want you to seek God. I really want you to question what is it that God wants to do in your life? What is it that God has for you? I'm not satisfied. And I don't want to get to a place where I'm satisfied. I don't want to get to a place of where God it's enough. But I want my hunger for him to begin to grow. And I can't do it alone. We need each other. We need a youth group that is passionately in love with God. We need a body that stands for each other, a body that believes in one another, that holds each other accountable. We need each other. Look to the people to your left, to your right. These are your brothers and sisters. If you can't learn to do life with them now, it's not gonna be fun in heaven, I tell you that, because we're there forever. 
We all have different characteristics, things that tick us off, things that make us happy. But there needs to be unity in something, and that's falling in love with Jesus. And I don't know where you're plugged in or or what life group you go to, but I wanna challenge you. Let this summer, let starting today be a place where you get plugged in and you become intentional with your faith. Intentional. We can sing all the songs. We can know them by memory. We know exactly when to raise our hand and when to put it down. We know when to fall on our knees. (laughs) We've been so good at playing church. Let's be real. We've gotten so good at it. You know, when I was in India and some of us were sharing about living a double life because so many people in America do, they were confused. They've never heard about it. Why? Because for them, their faith is life. Their family disowns them if they become Christian. Their government threatens to put them in jail if they preach the gospel. But we got so comfortable with church being just a secondary thing, with God being just a secondary person. And we put ourselves first. My needs, my desires, my life, It's not about you. Dennis, it's not about you. Jared, it's not about you. Alex, it's not about you. Dan, it's not about you. God has so much more for you. I wanna challenge you this week, starting tonight, tomorrow morning, begin to seek him in a different way. You know, I listen to Dave Ramsey and he helps me with my finances. But there's something that he says that I think is so biblical. He says, you wanna live like you never lived before, then you gotta live like you never lived before. You wanna encounter God like you've never encountered him before, then you begin to encounter God like you've never encountered him before. Begin to do something like you've never done before. Discipline yourself, join internship, Go to Ventura. I don't care where you go. Pastor Slavik's going to hate me for saying that. Go do any Bible school, but do something that you've never done before. Put yourself in a position where God can deposit something into your life because that's what he wants to do. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter if you're a G4T, you're at Crossroads. It doesn't matter. Be planted, be rooted, begin to be involved, and begin to allow God to do something in your life. Church is not about where you go. If it's about who you serve and how you serve him. Now we're standing and I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Please. Not for me, but allow God for yourselves, for those that are in need of breakthrough through you. Jared, there are people in your life that I'll never be able to reach but you can. 
There are people in your life and the people that you get into contact to every single day that I will never be able to, that Pastor Slavic will never be able to, that George will never be able to, but you can. In a simple word of Jesus loves you, hey, this is what God's doing in my life, well, it can change their life and you don't even know it. And we're so surrounded by a fear of what are people gonna think about me? I used to walk in that kind of fear. It's preaching at youth, Oh no, Pastor Slavic, don't call Alex. Guess what, he would call Alex. <laughs> I don't wanna be in a position anymore of where I say no to what God wants to do in my life. It doesn't matter how stupid, how silly, how dumb I sound. If one person could leave this room tonight completely encouraged, then I've done my job. God, thank you so much. That's what it's all about. That's what life is about. Peter, for goodness sake, Peter was a rotten, stinking fisherman that didn't know anything about the Bible. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit the next day, 3,000 people get saved. You wanna compare yourself to somebody? Compare yourself to the disciples. They didn't know anything about God. They denied God. They didn't want anything to do with Him. They ran away from Him when He was in the garden. But as soon as the Holy Spirit came into their life, something changed. They began a church. Thomas, who was the doubter, traveled more than thousands of miles to preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's not about you. Get that through your head. It's not about what you can say. It's not about what you think, the experiences you had. It's all about what the Holy Spirit can do through you. He is able. He has done it. And He's going to continue to do it. And you know the sad part is, is that He can do it with or without you. But He, by God, wants to do it through you. There's so much more. So much more. I see it in you. It doesn't matter how young you are, what background you come from, how long you've been saved, how long you've been going to this church. God can and He will if you just allow Him to move through you. Spend time in His presence. Fall in love with His goodness. You know, we sing he's a good, good father, but do we know it? Do we believe it? Do we encounter it every single day? He is more alive than you and I. He created you. He spoke life into you. He knew you by name. And he has so much more for you. So much more. Yet we choose to do life the way that we think is right. How bizarre, how silly of us, how stupid of us to be able to think that God doesn't have enough, that I can figure it out on my own, that I can try hard enough and I'll overcome sin. Titus says, by God, by the Holy Spirit, He will teach you to say no to ungodliness. You have an addiction to pornography? You have an addiction to drugs? You find yourself partying, drinking, temptation to sleep around? God says that His Spirit will teach you to say no to every form of ungodliness. There's no room for fear in that. Holy Spirit will teach you. You wanna learn how to pray? You wanna learn how to worship? The Holy Spirit will teach you. He is our teacher, yet we think that we need to hear some good speaker. We need to go to the next conference. We need to know, go to the next event to be able to hear some man of God. You are a man and woman of God. You have the fullness of the glory of God living on the inside of you. 
You don't need nobody else. You need Jesus. It's all about Him.